so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Marseille View. Um, it's been a few weeks. We, we keep saying we're going to try and shorten the gaps and then um, life gets in the way, football gets in the way. Um, and quite frankly, personally, um, OM got in the way. <laughs> I'd sort of given up so, so thinking about them, let alone talking about them on a, on a one hour show. Um, seemed like a, a rough task, but here we are. We've got to finish off. The season's over. We've got to finish off. We've got to debrief a bit. Um, so here we are, not going into too much detail about the overall season, but just covering the last few weeks. Um, we'll cover also, so since the last game, um, without going too much detail about the games either, we'll just go through sort of the, the, the pattern really, which is sadly happens way too often at OM. Um, and then we'll talk about the big news, which is Igor Trudeau has resigned. Um, he's walking away. I guess he's not taking any money, so that's good. Um, he's not seeking a, a lofty payout like some of our past managers have, but it leaves us maybe like a feeling of uh, back to square one. And then we'll finish off with some some, some commentary on Longoria's press conference today because he always does a, a sort of end of season press conference. Joining me tonight, we've got Julien. Welcome back. Hi, Ben. Hi, everyone. Yes. Uh, well, what can I say about this, the end of the season? Um, it's like, let's say that at least it was not like last year. Like, uh, he was the last year was the proper climax, and this year was like sort of the long, anti-climax. endless, horrible, <laughs> painful anticlimax. So, yeah, exactly. Well, to be fair, uh, you know, you, you went on a nice little road trip around Europe with you, missed Yeah, it. yeah, it was you probably had the best deal out of all of us, you know. I had, I had, I had a very great <laughs> spring, and um, and I had also. A lot of excuses not to watch the games, which was very convenient <laughs> in the last weeks, I must say. Yep. Of course. Um, Alex is here also. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Yeah, no, it's good to, to finish the season. It started to get a bit belong towards the end, and I was f- focusing more uh, on um, on the rugby uh, over the last few which, weeks because which, which didn't end well for you either. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So it was um, it, it was a bit um, difficult, but um, yeah, no, the, the the team wasn't focused, and even if you watch, we watched the game, even for us, it was hard to to stay focused sometimes. But here we go. This is OM. And Callum, thanks for joining us, mate. Pleasure to be here, mate. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, guys, we, we've we've set the scene really. But um, look, I mean, I remember, and, and maybe I, I wasn't pessimistic, but I've, I've, quite a few. I mean, notably Tomash last time we recorded was was super excited about the last game, and we were all calling it the final, and we were going to smash them, and the usual, you know, sort of overconfidence because we'd beaten a couple of shit teams, um, and then this is what they do. This is this is what 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 this is. Oh, really? It's the hope that kills you. So we we went to loss. 
um, a bit, I mean, we're, we're not going to cover chronologically for a change, but I'm, I've, I've sort of separated it, not in the Game of Thrones style, style, but sort of north to south. So the two decisive games that we had up north, so Loss and Lynn, um, Callum, you, you were one of them, one of, one of the people on the group who pointed it out. They were pretty identical games, right? We we seem to dominate the first half. We get a goal disallowed in both goal, games for Alexis Sanchez, but very similar, um, you know, very tight offside calls on the VAR, which probably was offside. But um, and then we we go goal up whilst whilst dominating. We miss a big chance to score the second just before half time in both games, and then we just collapse in the second. So how similar were those games, Callum? You mean the Lawns and Lille games? Yeah. I mean, look, the Lawns game, we were 2 0 down, um, and we obviously had a goal disallowed in the first half. It had gone in, and I thought it was a very controversial decision. I didn't think it was a free kick at all. If that goes in, it's a totally different game. If Lawns are chasing the game at home, 1 0 down, totally different game to going in at half time, 1 0 up, as they did with Fafana's goal. But the truth is that, you know, we still have this issue where we seem to have really good controller games for periods. And then we just make silly mistakes and we do stupid things that cost us dearly. And we lose that control and we lose that ability to control games and, and sort of, you know, take charge. And I don't think going into coming out of Lawns and the Lille games, I don't think we were that far away from winning either of those games, if I'm honest. But the truth is that, you know, like regardless of whether we were close and it could have been gone that way and it could have done that, this could have happened. We lost both. And in the second half of both games, uh, we were the second best team in both second halves. And my view is that essentially, uh, you know, because of that, we didn't deserve to win either of them in a way. And I, I just feel like, you know, effectively, there are lots of positive signs, even in the last 10 weeks of the season. There were some moments of quality. There were some moments of really good uh, play and really, real quality in the team. But overall, I just think the last two and a half, three months have been a bit dross, if I'm honest. Uh, Alex, Julien, jump in, guys. I mean... Yeah, I mean, to to I totally agree with Callum, and I think as he rightly pointed out, you know, it's it's about details, and when you think about it, when you remember the games, last game, well, there was that goal that, that we scored, that was, you know, the referee said play on, and then the VAR came back and said maybe not, <laughs> so the goal was cancelled, and then the the, the day after there was. Our friend Chopin, yeah, yeah, and and then there was the, I mean, to not go into too much detail, but there was that that sort of dodgy moment when he should have sent off um was it Mijeni the, the the last defender yeah I can't, I can't remember the name of the of the defender but yeah he was um he should have, he should have had at least two more yellow cards in that game but anyway so so yeah the first totally yeah, no, but it's it's kind of details that that change uh, everything. And you know, when you see the VAR on on that game, you can say, okay, it's been 50-50, and the VAR decided against us. Then the week, the, the day after, there's uh, I think it was Montpellier Lyon, exactly the same thing, and the VAR didn't didn't call for anything. And you know, it's the kind of details that. Um, you know, in that case, at the last game, it was the refereeing, you know, for, for that goal. And even more for me, what was shocking is that red card, that's a second yellow that they didn't give, which was, you know, 
very clear that it was intentional and he blocked an opportunity for us to to cross a, a counter-attack and he was definitely a second yellow. And I'm more frustrated by that second yellow than for the red, than for the, the goal disallowed, actually. And and in the late Lille game, um, as Callum said, I think we had, we had actually a really good first half and we should have been 2-0 up if close, um, would have been a bit more precise on one of these opportunities. And then we made one mistake in, in, in at the start of the second half, which gave a penalty away, which shows that as a team, we're not quite ready for these big games and for the highest level because we make these little mistakes. So I'm not saying we deserve to win these two games by, by any stretch of the imagination. Both team, uh, both opponents in these games, you could argue they deserve to win overall when you look at the games. But we're talking about very thin margins here. And in big games, the referee or the little mistakes which gave a penalty for Lille, these are just a very little thing. And I think if we would have won at least one of these two games, which would have been very possible, I think the end of this season would have been very different. The whole team would have been a lot more focused and so on. So, you know, it's it's question of details, but we have the habit as a club to miss these little details, be it in the Champions League or being in end of the season, apart from maybe last year where, where we got a bit lucky towards the end. Um, and it's repeating itself. So it's something that we'll have to change um, going forward. Yeah, I guess, Julien, just before you, you say your piece, I think it's, as you say, those two games, I mean, beyond the fact that they're against close, well, right and lost, certainly it was a decisive game for second place. But Neil, I mean, they, they were their fifth, I think. I, I don't know where they finished, but they were, they were far from us. There's no chance of them catching us. But uh, those mistakes against the, the bigger teams with, with the quality, that's when you you, you know you're going to get punished straight away. And Champions League is the same the same. Um, Tarif, you know, the same sort of, uh, you pay the same price in a way against a better quality. But I think it's more, uh, but to, to Callum's point, it's like, it's the, the dross, you know, it's like the, the complete collapse and capitulation in both second halves is just no fight, no spirit, no desire. And I, I mean, this sort of happened after the PSG game in, in uh, not not the win, but the loss, right? Even the win, that's when it started, the wheels started coming off in, in the, the France. But um. The minute we're on the high and we've got something to play for and, and we're on the big stage and it's our chance to shine, we, we bottled it. Um, and the players just show no fight, no reaction, no desire. Trudor looks lost. And, it, and it, it's just so frustrating because this team sort of gave us hope that there was fighting spirit and that, you know, they, they were tackling and covering more ground than the opponents and they could outrun anybody. And we just run out of steam mentally and physically, like, uh, and, and the minute we went behind, apart from Alexis Sanchez, like everybody's head drops. Everybody just gave up, and, and we were just missing passes. It was sterile, and I think that's that's my frustration. Before we cover the, the rest of the games, is just if we can't find motivation against the bigger teams in the decisive games, you know, did 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 we all sort of overdress and over over promote this squad when we were doing well? I guess what, we did. But what, what, what's interesting, and you, you rightly pointed out, I think it's just mentally the 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 ANSI game in, in Coupe de France where we lost the opportunity to really, you know, go on and win a title just had set, was such a blow for the for the fans but also for the players. They all say like Alexis Sanchez, Tudor, the, you know, players who already seen a lot, they say it's the worst defeat in their career. They like the pain of that game 
really got to them and it really got to us because all of us, you know, from that moment on, the season just wasn't the same. The passion, the it wasn't quite the same because the, the sadness, the frustration was just so high after the, you know, the, the explosion and expectation after the PSG winning the cup that, you know, that you could feel that the end of the season was just going to be a grind. We just need to gain that top two or worst case top three and let's just move on. And you could feel that from the fans and definitely you could feel that from the players. At least they found a way to fight through to get that third place. And, and Not that they deserve any praise for that, but, you know, it's it was the kind of season the that minimum. could have gone... It, yeah, it, it, yeah. Could, it, it could have gone a lot more south than, than that, you know? I think we were close to a real collapse, a bit like a Bielsa season where we finished fourth or fifth, I can't remember, uh, where, you know, everything just, just collapsed because mentally the team wasn't there. And, you know, it's the same feeling that we have. Like, it was a slow, you know, downhill, apart from the Lyon game, maybe in the first half against Lance, all the rest was pretty, pretty difficult. Yeah. Julien, anything to add about those those two sort of biggish games that, that we, we yeah, lost Yeah, well, yeah, like, I don't know. Overall, the um, the we get zero points out of six against Lance. Um, and if if you really look at both games, uh, even I don't know if you remember, guys, like the the game at home. I think it was before the World yeah. Cup where we lose uh, yeah. two three to them, and we are globally dominating them. And they, yeah, we, we lose one one, one nil. Don't we like eight, eighty six minutes a deflected shot. Oh, we lose but, only um, one nil. Yeah, 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 yeah one yeah, so nil. Uh, many many <laughs> people have um, many people. I mean, I, I remember saying it at the time, but a few people in the WhatsApp group have uh, pointed out like. Loic, for example, in our WhatsApp he reckons that was probably our best performance of the season. Yeah, exactly. But we, I remember we, don't, that. we don't we don't get the points for it, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just that 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 we we, we get zero out of uh, out of six against Lens, and uh, that's very not like we are not lucky on that one. Like you know, uh, without just um, uh, of course, it's absolutely not the only reason why we are third and not second, but. Let's say that it's a, uh, it's you know sometimes it's, 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 variance is not on on your side and in this case it clearly was wasn't, and for the rest yeah, yeah I mean you you guys have uh, have made a very good um a very good like uh s- s- like summed up things very well, um it's um how could I put it, I think we 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 missed in the end like we we were quite near from a gr- from a from a very very good season, <clears throat> on maybe two, three, four occasions, right? there was key moments that we, that we, 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 we didn't succeed at all. And for most of them, I can blame, I can, in my opinion, I can quite much blame Tudor. Uh, and at the same time, I can also give credit to him from other things. So it, it's a very complex season to analyze. I think the, um, the, the reason why, why we, we feel so, so low now is because we were so we were feeling so high, you know, like it's from the it's from the the sort of of having so much hopes, and we all got I guess too carried away, and it's a bit what Longoria said today in the press conference actually, but we can talk about it later. But yeah, yeah, precisely about these two games, you you guys said it, like we can move on from my part. Yeah, I guess we're not going to even cover that. Yeah, and the end of the game. Easter, I understand. Well, that. no, I mean, well, I guess no. I mean, Angers, like we we beat Angers three one at home. Like, what do you do? We went a fucking goal down yet again. 
<laughs> at the Villa Dorf, mm-hmm. and everybody was thinking, Jesus Christ, this is it. Like we've completely given up now. And then um Payet, you know, personally, I hope it was his 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 jubilee, you know, his like uh, his farewell to, to Marseille. Um and and I guess we could we could do a couple of minutes on him, but we in the space of one week, we, we it's the, the best and worst of Payet. Like he comes back and everybody's thinking, yeah, maybe you know, he, he was on form and, and yes, it's only Angers, but there's still a bit of the old magic left, and he scored, you know, a goal and an assist, and um, maybe, maybe we could have given him and should have given him more minutes, and and then the fucking five fucking days later, he he, he digs about in training and gets himself kicked off the squad for for the Lille game, and it's like, <laughs> mate, like, what's wrong with you, seriously, right? And it's like, I'm, I'm we're not gonna, I'm not gonna go on about him. I'm done with him. But but Tavares, you know, it's not to be. He's always had followers when he's digged about. It used to be Bunassar, and then before that. Um, there were like NG and all those guys like they were they were in the Payet gang and like, it just never ends well because when he starts sticking about there's an idiot that follows him and suddenly you, you know the revolution starts and even though that he's probably pointless and I, I doubt it was as decisive as he did with with Yelso Garcia but he clearly felt fuck Trudor I'm done with this clown let's he's probably going to go anyway I don't know what I'm going to do but I'll, I'll be fucked if I'm sitting around and 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 not not acting up and not being in the news and god knows why he's done that but you, you, it's just that sums it up really and then that happens and we go to Lille and, and everybody's thinking oh maybe Payet will start again he looks like he's on form we could get a result there and then we, we capitulate as we know as we just described and then and then the inevitable happens which is what I thought would happen against Angers which we, we, we would go down the goal at the Villadorm against the team that's one of the record-breaking worst ever teams in Liga history and lose that game <laughs> but we, we we actually hold on and won and then we we shut the bed against Brest and, and Ajaccio of all teams zero points out of six against Ajaccio Julien you know forget loss I mean for fuck's sake <laughs> it's just here we are right and the collapse that I, I I I'm fortunate that I had concerts to go to missed both games but I just knew I just knew that that we would do that collapse and it came later rather than sooner but it was just so predictable I mean a lot of us probably knew I don't know if anybody here watched those games but you. I, I just had no expectations. I couldn't care because I'd given up. The season's been too long. Um, I think, as we were saying before, the, the show, the World Cup break, and, and the fact that we had the false dawn, and, and the fact that they've been they've been just non-stop games week in week out for, for six months, it just exhausted me. And and this is this is classic OM, right? We've given up. There's nothing left to play for. But damn, did we embarrass ourselves yet again? It's like it's just complete. Everybody gave up. Trudeau didn't even make the the the, the last game fucking press conference because he couldn't be asked and it's like oh great you know thanks guys for putting us through that yeah i think, I think you did, mentally the exhaustion of the fan of the club of the players of everyone just like just came out of the last three game of the season it was such a as as you guys rightly pointed out high and lows mentally high highs <laughs> very low lows and Everybody just had enough, even the players, you can feel it. And they shouldn't be like this. You know, they should continue to fight even, you know, and, and show a good, good side of OM. But just nobody couldn't. <laughs> Which shows, I think, and, you know, when you think of this season and when you think of this game, you know, the Ajaccio game, where we haven't won any points against them. Uh, the Strasbourg games where we, we drew what both time we were leading in the last few, in the last few minutes. Um, Lance game where both of them, we, 
we could have had a bit a, a bit better. And for me, I've got a player for me who summarized the season very well. And and for me, it'd be jo- uh, Jonathan Close. I think the guy is there. He tried his best. I think he's improved a lot in terms of his fighting, his his um you know his run, his effort. He brought a lot. He was decisive. He gave a lot of assists and so on. But at the end of the day, in a lot of big games, he was missing that final touch, that final moment of class, that moment of of mental mental strength to put the ball in. And I'm thinking in a game uh, like at Lille, where he had the opportunity. I think in the first game at home against Lens, he had another opportunity as well. Um, And for me, he summarized the season with like, you know, a lot of progression, uh, amazing in some games, making the difference, but somehow overall, like the squad, lacking a bit of that, that little bit of quality and lacking a bit of that mental toughness just yet, even with the improvement. And I think for me, that summarizes the season quite well. I mean, Callum, you're probably the only person here who maybe caught one of those two games, no? Uh, I didn't watch either, if I'm honest. But I just want to go back. <laughs> Don't to, blame you, mate. Some, I just want to go back to something that Alex said earlier, and I think it's very important actually. Um, the Annecy Cup game is now being used a bit as some sort of excuse for, and I'm not saying Alex is, but he is kind of being put out there by the club of everything went bad after that. I actually think we have the second best squad in France by a mile. I think if you look at our squad depth, we should finish second. I also think that based on the season. Um, a few things happened in the last six games. And Ben, I have to pick up one thing about Pai. The truth is that Lons, and not many people mention this, but Lons, we never get back into that game until he comes on the pitch. That's a fact. Because he came on the pitch and suddenly we had some creative output again, which we've been missing for the last 30, 40 minutes before he did. And then we got back in the game. And I, I do think he adds a lot to the, the squad. When he's on his game and when he's up for it, he can add a lot in terms of 20-minute cameos of in games where he's up for it, where he can just, he's got a bit of spark around him. But there's one player that, I mean, Alex, I think Alex is totally right just to mention Klaus, but there's one other player that I think was really, a few things happened that were really unfortunate towards the end of the season. And we really missed him a lot. And that's Zhigov. If you look at the Lawrence game, he went off injured. And I think we were actually quite competitive in the game before he did. And then he went off injured at Lille, whereas I think someone booted him in the head and he had to go off injured in the first half. And the truth is that he he is actually a real warrior soldier in the team. When he's not there, we don't look as solid. We don't look as like we've got as much leadership at the back. I think the real worry I have for next season is if we lose Genduzi, as much as I like Rangier and Veratou, I think both of them are plodders. I would call them plodders. They're good at running around. They're good at doing the basics. They're good at uh, you know staying organised and being disciplined. But neither of them really are good at driving the team forward and creating much. And I think that's they're workhorses, aren't they? You'd call them workhorses. Yeah, there's no there's no real quality. There's no spark. You need more players like that at the back. Like Gigo, to me, embodies what I want at the back at league on level. I'm not talking about Champions League at league on level. You need players like that who just you know they they are really solid defenders at that level that you could just go and grind away wins at at places where they're right at the forefront. They win every header. They never let you down. They're very disciplined. I think at the higher level, we need more players in midfield and going forward who've got a bit of spark about them. Harriet would be one. Alanovsky in his prime would definitely be one with his left foot. We'll see next season if he can bring it back a bit. But yeah, that was just what I wanted to add here. I, I think, to be honest, like our squad is good enough to finish second. 
and we failed. And I think we all have to live with the fact that this season has been a great learning experience. I think we all know now that Sampaoli had one style and Tudor had another style. And we probably need somewhere in the middle as a balance for what we want to try and produce in terms of the football we play and the style of management we need to run the team. But effectively, uh, I think that this season has been a real learning experience. If we get through the qualifiers, nobody can moan about it. Uh, we'd still be back in the Champions League. And to do that two years in a row, you'd have to give Pablo a pat on the back for that. The club is now in much better financial condition than it was two or three years ago. Again, they need to be commended for that. But effectively, I still think there's a lot of frustration about the last few months where I feel actually, I, I genuinely feel, people now think say I'm insane when I say this. I feel we could have won the league this year. I still think it. But effectively, we let it get away from us. And I think mentally, there's a real problem with our players. They're not mentally yeah. champions. And that needs work. Yeah, yeah the, the players, one thing. And, and you know, the, the inexperience, not just the coach, right? I mean, you know, whether it's Gigo, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I was expecting him to be, you know, decent signing and stuff. But Mbemba had his moments. He was decisive in, in some of the bigger games and scored. But Gigo was, was the most consistent defender. Like, he was... Not not just his his you know his sort of performances, but yeah, his mentality. Agree with you. I was so pleasantly surprised with him. The same way, you know, we'll talk about Tudor in a minute. But if you if you'd have told me we'd finish third at the start of the season without knowing what what the scenario and stuff, I'd have bitten your hand off because he's an inexper- inexperienced manager. He's come out of nowhere. Um, he's he's renowned as a you know a bit of a, a drill sergeant and stuff, but. You know, I, I agree with you. It was like so close yet so far. And it's just typical that the, the season PSG fuck up. I mean, lost finished a point behind them, right? And there were there was actually a moment where PSG were a goal down against Clermont in the final game where lost were virtually champions. And it's like, it's just fine margins. But I agree with you. The, the learning experience is not only the, the, the club, but the fans, man. Like, the people need to understand you don't build Rome in a day and... Yes, we're disappointed, and yes, we, 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 there's been a bit of a trophy drought, and, and everybody's frustrated, and the, the hope the, the hope kills you because it, one step forward, two steps back, and stuff. But we're on the right track. Um, but it's just, I guess, frustrating, as you say, that you end the season on a bit of a sour note, and that that completely will change a lot of the you know the footiques, the amateurs' analysis, and 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 sort of final memory of, of Tudor and, and the squad as well, right? People are just going to remember the, the, the last two shitty performances and the last month of performances. And they're, they're, they're going to forget some of the, the consistency after the World Cup. And as you say, some of the progress that was made, certainly in terms of uh, discipline and, and professionalism, as Longoria rightly pointed out today, I guess it's it, it, it brings us on, you know, that's the season over. We finished third. Um, I guess before we go on to Tudor, We'll, we'll cover this in more detail in the coming weeks as, as pre-season um, kicks off, but we all need a bit of a break, let's face it. But is, you know, we've had this debate, I guess, is third place that bad? When We're not fucking Toulouse, we're not Saint-Étienne, we're not, we're not Nantes or someone who scraped third place on a, you know, on, on, a, on a blag and is just turning up and hoping for the best in the third round qualifier of the Champions League, right? It's like we're going to play... Some some shitty backwater team like a Swiss team or a Belgian team or or some team from Azerbaijan, God knows where. And then it's it's Rangers or Braga in all likelihoods. Finland. Sorry. Finland. Well, well, if, if no, you're lucky, mate. Well, mate. If you're lucky, you might get to see him. But um, no, there's not a possibility because it's it's not the same. Um, it's not, not the, the same, same path, ceiling. you know. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, this is the question for you. And, and I mean, I was, I've, I've said this a few times in the months I grew. It's like, historically, we've always qualified when we finished thirds. But, but granted, we only had one round to play. And, and we played Young Boys Burn and Rapid Vienna and, and, and some of the weaker teams because France had a higher coefficient and, and the, the seedum and the system was a bit different back then. But um, I mean, am I, am I too harsh in saying that if you're, if you're Olympique de Marseille, who's won the competition um, and with the budget we have and stuff, if you can't get through those teams, then you just simply don't belong there. I mean, it, forget the panicking and, and, and the constraints on the budget potentially because we might not be able to spend so much knowing that we don't definitely have that Champions League TV money in the bag, but it's like, you can't look at it like that. You've got to be pragmatic and, and Callum, I'm with you. It's like, right, we've gotten ourselves there, but we're going to, we'd better play at 110 fucking percent. Cause if not, what was the point? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, um, personally, I think, uh, when comes the third round, uh, we must win. It's a must. We must qualify. We have maybe our toughest opponent will be like um, the Belgium, you know, team from Belgium or, or, or maybe Switzerland or a few few countries like that. But if you're, um, you know, maybe Serbia or something. But if you're OM in the summer like that, with 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 all our experience and and our budget and etc., we just there's just no way around that. We must win. Then the final of the the fi- you know the final like the the, the decider. That's a bit different because we can have a Porto or uh, sorry, a, a team from Portugal or a club like that, where you know it's it's gonna be much more like if lucky 50-50. So so for me that's at least the the situation. Um, and but I'm I don't know why I'm kind of optimistic-ish for this uh, for this thing. Like I think we are we are much we are a much better club for that for a for a summertime qualification in august we are much better city than monaco for example you know where there is like no one and no atmosphere and and i i think the even though there will be a lot of tourists and etc the the city will already be like totally ready for it this summer and it's going to be a, an event in itself and of course there is a lot of if because we have to see who's the new coach and who are the new players coming in and there's so many things to you know that can go sour until until then but um, if I'm reasonably uh, optimistic, I think we can qualify for the for the Champions League. And if we don't, well, it's a bit it's a big blow. But 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 then then I, I expect us to to really really try to win the the Europa League or at least you know to to try to go really far. That's my that's my ambitions. Yeah, I agree. Not sure what to add. Um... I mean, when you think about it, the first round will be early August, so we may not have all our squad. I think it'd be very important to keep some of our uh, leaders. So, for instance, you, 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 I'll, I'll, sorry, just to yeah. say, mate, you say that, but but I mean, I mean, this year was a bit particular. But every year, like Ligue 1 starts like the first or second weekend in August, so literally our season kicks off with with the, the first leg of this this third round, um, and then it's then it's straight into Liga, like, and then it's, it's two games a week for the, for the for the whole of August. It's eight games in August if we if we get through the first qualification round, right? So, I mean, by then, you, it's not really that different apart from the fact that the players need to be super fit by then, but but every team's going to be in a similar situation, right? But um, if you look at it, it's not it's not like it's we're starting in early July or something, right? 
No, no, true. My point is more, if you lose, let's say Alexis Sanchez decided to leave, he, and we know how important it is, um, you know, to, to, you would buy another player for the time for that team to gel and be ready to go to Ibrox, for instance, where they're waiting for you. They may have roughly the same team. They're fully prepared because they've only played like two games in Scotland and so on. It will not be an easy task, that's for sure. Now, if you keep some of your key players, so I'm thinking to the top of my head, uh, Alexis Sanchez, Under, Klaus, and whatever, then you'd have a structure of a team that I think should be better than, than Rangers uh, in, in that case. Uh, but it's, it's definitely going to be challenging. And Braga, look, we just bought one of their best player and put a lot of money on it. So technically, we should be seen as a better team. But Braga play a really good football. Uh, they are very complete. They play really well together as a team. And if we go through too many changes, it, it could be difficult to qualify. Um, I think we, you know, we'd still be favorite to qualify, but, you know, 60-40 overall to go through all the two rounds and qualify. It's a 60-40. And as Julia said, if we don't, you know, we'll miss out on some money, that's for sure. But look, let's be honest, we would we would struggle to get to get a lot of win in the Champions League. But in the Europa League, that's our level. And target for me as a club for, for us should be to win the Europa League. That's the the biggest tournament, most prestigious tournament that we could potentially realistically win. And it'll be fine. We still have some great games to watch and uh, intense atmosphere. So yeah, we'll find uh, a way. We, we all match being, prefer being hungover on the Friday than a Thursday, right? Anyway, so Thursday night football <laughs> yeah. is way better. I, re- I, I, really, I really appreciate the kind of conservative nature to some of the answers, but I have to be honest, if we can't get through qualifying for the Champions League, we don't deserve to be there. I mean, people are talking about Rangers like they're a really good side. They just played in the Champions League this season where their aggregate score across six games was about 0 and 21 goals. I think they scored zero and conceded 21. We should beat them. It's as simple as that. They're not Celtic, who are much better than them. And they're not even at a level that is anywhere remotely with the level that we should aspire to be at. The truth is that if we've got any aspirations to get back to the top 20 teams in Europe, we should be beating Braga and we should be beating Rangers. I I have no fears. I'm 100% with you, mate. If we don't do it, we don't deserve to be there. Fact. If we go into the Europa League, having not been able to beat Rangers or Braga, we're not going to win the Europa League. Because the teams that win the Europa League are better than that level. I know Rangers got to the final a couple of years ago. I happen to think they were very lucky to get there. They had a very good system in place and you know they made Ibrox a fortress. But the truth is, we should beat these teams. And I think we've got to be more aspirational and we've got to be more upbeat about the direction of travel we're heading in, the trajectory we're heading in. We've got to believe that we're making progress and that as a team... I actually think this time in the Champions League, we were far more competitive than last time. I also happen to believe that it's now proven that some of the teams we were up against are probably better than we thought when we played them, like Frankfurt, a really good side. Um, And the truth is that I I still believe, to be honest, that with a bit more quality, now that we've sorted our financial situation a bit, according to the reports, we probably now can be take more risks in terms of recruitment and try and bring in a better standard player if we qualify for the Champions League again. And I think that we're actually, we, we've got to look forward and, and start seeing ourselves as a club that could potentially return to the top tier in Europe, whether that's the top 20 or the top 10 in five years' time. 
we've got to see ourselves as that. Otherwise, what's the point? And, you know, for me, aspirational wise and like the trajectory I want to see us go in, I want to see us believe that we should walk, walk through teams like Braga and Rangers because, you know, let's be honest, teams like Tottenham would, they would walk through them and they would get through qualifying really easily. So I, I, I think our aspiration has to be that anyone that we come up against in those draws, we should beat. I, I think that could be your mindset. Now, if you think that we're going to walk all over Braga, I wouldn't put my money on that. Are we better? Well, Rangers, should Rangers we be? Should we be better than Braga? Maybe. If you think you're going to walk all over Braga, especially all early August when we're going to be a, all in mess with transfers and what have you and changing coach and changing style, I can, I can tell you that we can be in for a good surprise. Rangers, okay, you know what to expect. You know what to expect. Rangers lost to Braga twice. Rangers beat Braga twice two years ago. They're not. They're not that amazing. They're not. I'm not saying they're amazing. I I say that that playing these kind of teams, middle guests, they are tricky teams and tricky away games. And if we think like the way like most French club think, ah, it's only fucking Braga, it's only Rangers. That I don't think that's the right mindset. Thinking you should go and qualify. Okay, yes, but it's going to be a big challenge. It's going to be a big challenge. Rangers are going to come over and and smash whatever players are around physically. Are they as good technically? Shouldn't be. But, you know, I think they deserve a lot of respect because French clubs have the tendency to be overconfident with these kind of draws. Again, Portuguese teams, Scottish teams and what have you. And we pretty much always fuck up. So no, mate, the Alex, French teams Alex, fuck my, up my, against shitter teams, right? But, yeah. but Alex, my, my point is more that if we have any aspiration to return to the top 20, we should be winning these ties. That's a fact. I think to go with Callum's point, to finish on this, I, 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 that's my view as well. But I guess it, it, it's it's set on the fact that what what I think, Callum, what you're trying to say, what, what I see when I say that is the way you approach it is you get the new manager in, in the next two weeks, confirmed some done pre-season program all signed off. You start, you, you make sure you've got 80% of the team still together or assembled before those games. Um, and and you, you, you sort of, you act and you treat, you approach that, that those qualification rounds, like you're going to qualify. So you splash a bit of cash or, or you, you, you know, you take a loan that becomes automatic. If we do qualify, for example, at the end of August, right? Stuff like that, but you build the squad and you approach the, the, the start of that season with the objective of qualifying, not just let's turn up and hope for the best. Um, and, and, and oh, yeah, we've got five star players that are willing to sign if we do get through these rounds. Well, no, they won't because we won't get through them without some quality in the team. So that's the way I, I sort of view it to go in your, in your direction, Callum, is, is that's the approach means that you, you build and you put yourself in the best possible position to qualify. And to, and to at least give it a proper go. You don't just turn up with half a squad and, and a manager that's just arrived because we struggled to, to get to convince someone to join and, and hope for the best. But but I guess, Alex, I also know, because you and I are pretty similar in this vein, is that we, we, we know the bad side of OM too much. And, and if, if Zubi and, and uh, Zubi Zareda and Nero were still here, we'd, we'd all be going, fuck that, we're never getting through because we'll, we'll only we'll, we'll be missing half the squads. The, the manager probably won't have joined by then. And... This is this is where, as as Callum said, if you've got aspirations to 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 step up, this is when we can really step up and and turn a corner as a club. And and certainly from a media point of view, with all the the bad stigma there is around French clubs in Europe and in, in, in the French press and stuff, is you get a good coach and then you go and qualify, and and suddenly you you, you know you convince the players that we, you're joining us to two qualifiers, and we are going to qualify if you do join us, and then 
you, you put all the pieces in place for you to maximize your chance of qualifying and then you have no excuse you know if we gave it a good go but guess what a, a Braga have an 18 year old kid or, or Rangers have got a player on loan who scores a hat trick because he's on fire well then so be it but if we turn up and we're turgid and we're shitting the bed like we have against last this season we'll all be fuming and that's 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 I don't want to see that nobody wants to see that right I, I think the key you rightly pointed out is I really believe in Longoria's uh, different and more dynamic approach. So I think he knows exactly what is required from the club. So I think we'll get our coach very quickly, I would say, in the next 10 days. And then we know he loves transfer. I'm sure he has few transfer lined up. And look, if we have the, the squads, if we have a, a, a way of playing, a plan that is kind of similar to this year, I'm not saying exactly the same, but kind of similar. And if we, we get there for the right coach and, and the right players to fit that style, I think we'll definitely be ready. And I think we'll be favorite to, to go through. Um, point, my point was just, you know, you can go, we need to almost go like uh, an underdog mentality where you go, you we're the one coming down from under. They're the higher seeded, but we are going to show us that we're Olympic Marseille and we're going to qualify. But to go with like the mindset, like we're better and, you know, it's only Rangers, that's where you can have some problems. So it's just a question of the way to approach that game for me. I would just say, just before anyone else comes in, I'm not saying Rangers are some lower league team. I'm just saying that if you want to have a winner's mindset, you've got to go into these situations thinking, we're going to win this. And I, I feel at the moment already there's a bit of excuse making about, oh, this is going to be tough. If you're good enough to play in the Champions League, the fact is you get through these games. And we're, we're going to but, see but, it in uh, August if we're good enough. Are we good enough? <laughs> We've all our losses in the Champions League over the last 10 years. Well, no, we I, should I be. I think, I think we, I, we have I enough. Think in, season, in... I think this season we proved that we are good enough to play in the Champions League. Whether we're good enough to compete properly is something we still need to develop on and learn. But we're going to see in August, are we good enough? Like, you know, last season we nearly finished third and we would have gone into the playoffs. Monaco went out in the playoffs. Um, and essentially, now now is the time to prove whether we have made that progress or not. That this is it. Agree. And I, Agree. I think we should. Agree. Yeah. It'd be a big test. It'd be, um, and I think we'll qualify and I'm looking forward to go to the away trip, if it, especially if it's Rangers. We'll definitely go. Uh but it will be some nice battle to see. I'm already, I'm already excited. Yeah, so yeah, add some spice. No, we, we say that, and then we say that, and then we're gonna lose against a fucking uh, well, a Serbian team or Limassol. Limassol. <laughs> Limassol. No, 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 man. Limassol's nice in the, in September, October. I want to go there if we get here. Italy. Italian. But um, but guys, that that brings us to you know we've we've sort of covered off the last few weeks. We've covered off what's what what how the season's going to start, which is this 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 very important qualifying round, and we we need to get through it. But um, I I I I was looking for a word earlier to to start off the Trudeau subject, and I thought bombshell, but that was kind of not because we you saw the felt it coming. Um, there was you know it started off with when he was good. And we, the team was flying. There, were, there was already trouble at Juventus and, and, and other teams in Italy. And he was being linked in the, in the Italian press. I guess it's an easy easy link to make. It's like, oh, you know, Trudeau's shining in France and he's, he's getting noticed and stuff. And Juventus is his, you know, his club. He's spent his life there. And it's like, well, you know, if, if Juventus want him, they can pay the release fee and off he goes, right? And um, <clears throat> But I guess it's it's now shifted and the, the rumours came out again. But I did, a, I did a show last week with a... 
our friends from um, uh, the Juventus podcast in the States, really, really good guys, you know, really good chat and stuff. And they were like, well, he, he looks like a Conte 2.0. So, and then, and then it emerged that Juve actually can't really afford to sack Allegri anyway, because they've got to pay 30 million compensation or something. And they've just paid the fine and they're not going Champions League. So their, their penalty, their points deduction and stuff. So, it, it, it shifted from him potentially getting poached because he was doing well to, to people wanting to see the back of him progressively as the, the, the end of the season went on because frustrated that his game management, frustrated that his lineups, frustrated that a lot of shit behind the scenes. And here we are. He he, he sort of, you know, he, he announced, um, and it, it, it leaked as it always does, but he's had enough. Um, and he didn't really go into detail, right? In the press conference, he's like, thank you for the opportunity. Um, he dropped some some subtle hints, and ABB was the last play, uh, coach to say this: is you know one season here is three seasons somewhere else. The pressure, the emotion, the expectation, the the atmosphere, the <coughs> just just the, the the city, the the way Marseille lives football and stuff. Um, it, it it is a lot, but it's a great experience. They would not, they don't regret. But I think they, whether the profile of coach or whatever, but. This is the third coach that's left, that's, that's walked away, right? It's not even we've sacked him or anything, but they've walked away. Um, and it's like, before we, we go into Trudeau and the reasons why, it's like, A, do you think this is, yeah, it's never good to change coaches and stuff, but who knows, you know, Longoria and Ribalta might, might pull another white rabbit out of the bag and get a, a good manager in who, who can who can transition fine and, and we don't experience a big, big uh, dip like we, we thought we would last summer, but... I guess where do we go from here? And um, you know, what before before that, what do you think the reasons were for Trudeau? And, and very quickly, like shotgun round, I'm going to go with he's had enough. He's realised that, uh, that that regardless of the ambitions of the club and the financial potential and the transfer market and stuff, he I think he grew really frustrated with some of the attitudes in the squad in the last few weeks, um, and he felt the pressure because he's he's obviously went through a bit of a learning curve as a coach and. Uh, I said this to you, Callum. Like, I think that when when there was the the Champions League exit and stuff, that the club came out and publicly sort of supported him. And and in the summer, as we know, when the, club, the players were already trying to revolt and get him sacked, like Longoyan Ribata came out and said it's his way or the highway. But I, I think he felt a bit isolated after the NC defeat and, and elimination, and he had to sort of bear the brunt of that in the press, and he had to sort of, you know, try and remobilise everybody, and he just couldn't get it going again. So I think that really hurt him in his pride and his ability as well, because he's like, shit, if I can't motivate them, then what's the point? Um, and then uh, I think he, yeah, I think he just realised that there's only so much OM's going to be able to do for him to to to, to improve himself and the team's performance and, and position next next year. Um, a bit like Sam Pauli in a way, and he sort of realised that the task was maybe too big for him and, and he's had enough and it, he walks away with a bit of dignity. He's done well. We'll, we'll, we'll draw the, um, the the sort of beyond the conclusions next week, but I honestly think he's just had enough and, and he's not going anywhere else unless someone from Italy comes up and it won't be Juventus, very unlikely. But uh, yet another manager that we seem to have killed mentally, like some of our players, right? What, what do you guys think of the reasons he's left? I mean, uh, Julien, you start. Um, yeah, like I personally, I, I would maybe nuance a bit what you said, but, you know, also like purely in my opinion. Um, I think uh, Tudor had, had enough. I'm pretty sure also that the presidents towards the end or already towards March or easily had enough of him. I think there was much more... Um, 
in the end, underlying conflicts or, or a bit like kept hush hush conflicts between him, the team and the presidency than, than what we really heard about. But if you guys remember already, I would say uh, early May, there was starting to be some rumors that uh, Tudor was thinking about going away. And, you know, that was before that was that was before the Lens game. And there was already rumors in Marseille about about him wanting to go away. So, so you know, I think I think something has been cooking there for a while. I honestly think also that 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 Longoria had enough. I, I think he 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 noticed the limits of of Tudor, which I and I think he personally I I think that Tudor had lost so much of the of the of of the of the players and the general like like training room atmosphere and all that that. Of course, there's a new season, new new energy, new players, but I was really not optimistic myself. Not because I think Tudor is a bad coach, um, and not because I think that his overall work at OM would, you know, he would deserve, in my opinion, a good, I don't know, B minus or something. He was decent, but I was very, very not optimistic about another season. And I mean, I mean, anyway, the guy never has had another season anywhere. His longest spell ever has been 15 months. So uh, it's a bit special to imagine him. Uh, doing uh, a full second year at at OM, uh, uh, the most unstable and and tiring club, uh, one of the most in Europe, for a guy who has himself has never shown any stability. So uh, that would have been extremely surprising, and really I was absolutely absolutely not optimistic a, a, about that idea. It, it it's it's almost as he already had the plan to just stay here, uh, you know, s- smash the kind of attitude and culture in the club to really make it more you know a lot more uh, increase the work ethic and and so on because he, he didn't find a, a flat or a house or anything he's still, still living at the at the training ground apparently and and i agree with you like it felt like he he was the time to go he was you know he did well as you say b minus i think i, I agree with that he, he did his thing Brought a lot of changes, raised the kind of standards and, and attitude and, and effort. And um, I'm not sure why he could have gone much more from, you know, pretty much the same squad next year. And I think the player were tired of him. He was tired of the player. He was tired of the pressure. Even the fans were kind of tired with, with, with that situation. And in a very different style, we had the same from Sampaoli. We all said last year that we felt like it was the right time for Sampaoli to go. And that's the nature of the club. And I think it's, it's Callum mentioned it a few times on the chat, and I 200% agree with, with the way he's describing the situation, is you have, you, you have a, a club with A-level expectation, but only C-level squad. And that's the whole issue that you have in Marseille. And that's the whole issue that, the, the, you know, the kind of pressure that the players, but also the coach have. Uh, coach even more, I would say. You come here and you, you can pretty much only finish second or third. And even third is seen as a, you know, a, 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 as a failure. First is close to impossible. And in terms of, Cups, okay, French Cups, okay, with a bit of luck if Paris is not there or what, but, you know, we fucked it up with a huge opportunity this year. And then in Europe, you know, there's not much we can do either. So the expectation for us to compete at the highest level compared to the the level of of what a coach has in his hand in terms of of players, 
plus the kind of atmosphere around in in the crowd which is very explosive very intensive which can give a lot of energy and power but also can really you know uh, deflate the, the the mindset or you know more than anything put too much pressure and, and burden on the shoulders of, of some players i think players and coaches finish totally exhausted by that club a bit like us just watching the club at the end you know the last three four games of the season we all felt totally exhausted by the by, by this year and and i think in a way with that kind of club that the it's so it's so um you know explosive and it's so passionate that a role of you know a new coach every season or max every two season and you know a change of players like 40% of the squad every season i think it's it's kind of the way it works for us and um i don't plan on anything long term with a coach thing three years and the same kind of nucleus of players for a long time. we're not that kind of club we know AC Milan we know Juventus we know you know Manchester United we having the money and and, and the structure and what have you to to keep the the same quality player as soon as we have a great quality player we have to sell him and um a lot of time we recruit badly and when we when when the players fail um with the higher salary that that they have compared to the rest of the French league that the, the players prefer to stay and and not work as hard so i think it's a, yeah, it's it's a difficult it's exactly what difficult I was situation Yes, yeah, exactly what I was going to say is when when we have had the nucleus in recent years, it's been it's been the wrong kind. It's been I mean, Devon exactly for for their flaws, but for their qualities, they they sort of carried the team turn after turn and scored the goals and kept us going and that stuff. But the best you did with them, even when they were on fire, was was yeah, we did the Europa League final, but we we finished fourth, fifth, and it was very erratic in the league. And um, when you, as you say, when you get the wrong nucleus with the 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 Sanson and, uh, and and the Bounassars and those types of players that, that stay three or four years because they don't have a better offer or because um, they're too comfortable and, and they prefer sitting on the bench week in week out rather than going on loan somewhere because they won't match their wages and stuff so yeah I guess we're, we're trying something new which is good I guess in a way we, we, it has its limits as well I, I, I would go further yeah. actually I mean I, I actually think that like if you actually review the last two seasons there's no doubt we've progressed um, there's no doubt that if you look at the last two seasons, we've been on massively the twice, which you know, and people look at this massively, really guys, massively. all the time. People talk about this stuff really short termist all the time. Oh, we lost that game, we did this. Don't look at the trajectory. If you look five years ago, if anyone had told me we'd finish on the podium two years in a row, I would have told them they were mental because our squad was not going to do that two years in a row. And the truth is, now we look like we're building blocks and we look like we have a team of people behind the club who actually understand that this is a long-term project even if it doesn't look like that on a short-term level in coach after coach and you know like different players after different players they are building something and I can see it I can see the first time in a long time I feel like we've got a setup behind the scenes that is building something for the long term even the stuff we were talking about earlier about the academy you can see that they're looking at how we can how we can make this club better at all levels and I think for a long time, nobody has really done that. It's been a sleeping giant, but nobody's really thought about how we can bring this giant back. And just on Tudor very quickly, I think that Hellas Verona last season had a pretty good start to the season, very, very strong middle of the season, and they burn off at the end. I think this is Tudor's model. that Effectively, if you look at his teams, they tend to burn out towards the end of the season, and they burn away, and they don't finish as strong as they do the whole way through the season. 
I actually think that he's done an okay job. I actually think overall, uh, I, 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 I would say, like the guys have said, I'd say he gets a B or a B minus. But I don't think he's done a bad job at all. I think the end has made it look far worse than it has been. The reality is that in the Champions League, we were quite competitive in the majority of the games we played. We weren't worse than Tottenham for the majority of the two legs against them. You know, you'd say that in the two games against Sporting, we got lucky, but we won both of them. And Frankfurt, yeah, we weren't great, but we weren't also we weren't terrible. I think the the real problem there was not getting in the Europa League, which would have obviously made our season a bit more exciting in the second half, and probably would have meant that we would have had to keep keep some of our players that we let go as well, like Gay. So yeah, and it may, may, may have kept some. Truth, I said this last season, mate. I mean, I think going even if it was you know people shut all over the, the conference tr- league, it it kept all the squad motivated until the end because everybody knew they were going to play, right? So maybe that would have helped the but, season as well. You're right. But the, but the truth is, just to finish, the truth is that if you actually look at our squad and if you look at our team, I've got absolutely no doubt we now have a better team than we did three or four years ago. I also have no doubt, based on what Longoria has been saying today, I thought it was really interesting what you said about next season, we don't want to focus as much on one, one-on-one zonal marking or across the pitch. I thought that was very interesting. They've obviously outlined, and I think some people in the group have been talking about this, that that plan that Tudor had all season hasn't worked in lots of big games where we needed to be a little bit more creative in the way we played and that they want to address that. I think that we can continue to recruit better standard of players if we continue to show that the trajectory of the club is changing and that we are becoming a more ambitious club again and we want to get in the Champions League and we want to be in the top 20 or 30 clubs in Europe. We can continue to, you know, recruit better players. And the truth is that, you know, the financial results as they seem to be coming out pretty soon seem to suggest that we're on a much better financial footing now than we have been. And that's only going to help. So, no, I would I would commend Tudor for most of this season. I think towards the end, it became really, really difficult and really, really uh, challenging. But I don't think he's done a bad job. And, I, you know, whatever he does moving forward, I hope he does well. Yeah, I, I guess to finish off, I mean, you guys graded him. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with the grade, but I, I thought about it um, over the weekend. I was like... If you really boil it down, and, and all the things you've said, Karen, are exactly to the point, right? It's beyond beyond grading him and the way the team played and stuff is, I started thinking, has he left the club in a better or worse state than when he arrived? And he's he's certainly not left it in a worse state. And there's been progress in some areas and, and stagnation rather than, not regression, but stagnation in others where we haven't improved maybe, um, you know, people like Congier, Bertou and stuff and, and the limits of whatever system that we have with the, again, a sort of 5-3-2 like we had last season, 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. But but the, he, it's not been worse. And when's the last time you could say that we had two two different coaches with two completely opposed styles that, that replaced each other after one season each and, and actually managed to at least maintain the level, maintain the, the, the you know, the, the, the work ethic, maintain the professionalism, um, and, and improve some areas whilst not necessarily improving others, but not not making them worse. And I guess that I, I agree with you, Karen. We're certainly on the right track in, in terms of that. Um, how do we build on that? And I guess we, we can, I'll, I'll cover off very briefly what Longoria said. And he did a bit of a you know post mortem of the season. He's been doing this uh, ever since he joined the club. Fair play to him. He's not not you know shy. Doesn't hide away from any questions. Um, and he did say he said, look, you know, he fired a couple of missiles, Alex. You pointed one out, which was. Yeah, I guess, you know, he didn't name him, but he sort of said that it was a bit of the same with Sampoli, I guess, is, yeah, one of, maybe, you know, football is a universal language, but but uh, maybe that's one of the signs, not only him living at the training ground, but he did, Trudeau didn't learn French, right? And it's like, 
that doesn't necessarily show that the, the the president and and, and the boards that the guy's invested for the long term and, and wants to be here and is settled and wants to build on what he's done and wants to to improve himself as an individual as well so he's picked up on those little details he did say that there would be consequences of you know i mean we've heard this before <clears throat> psg say this every fucking summer but that's their problem but you know the, the last few games he he found unbearable and unacceptable in terms of investment and level of performance and attitude maybe you know that learning curve as you said Callum for everyone but um that that was sort of what he said and he he shut on the sort of um academy system as well not the system but the infrastructures and stuff so it, that's a long-term plan and we know that that's separate and we, we can't sort of expect anything from that but he seems to give a shit which makes a big difference and and whatever they do there can only be an improvement but i guess where does he go next where do him and Riberta go next and uh, you know we, we're going to finish off in, in a couple of minutes but you don't have to name a coach or something, but we've been linked with a few people. The classic, you know, usual Marcelino, who, who's a mate of, of uh, <coughs> Ribaldan Longoria, uh, Andrew Postecoglou, who was a Celtic, but he's just joined Spurs, so that's fucked. Um, Ivan Juric came up, which was Tudor's predecessor at, at Verona, and uh, similar style, but but probably more balanced and, and whatever. And there's there's been a bit of everything really mentioned, left, right, and centre. But I guess where do we go from here if you guys had wanted to have like a quick minute each on what would you like to see from the next coach whether it's style whether it's his mentality or his approach or his tactics is that, how would you keep us at least keep us at this level next season and who would you pick and and if you didn't pick someone how would you go about keeping us at this level uh alex you start yeah i mean first like just want to say that I, I totally agree with with, with uh, what, what what you and Callum just said about about the club, the feeling that we we're progressing, the the feeling that we have a plan, the feeling that it's not perfect, but we we're building piece by piece, year by year, and you you feel the progression. Now we are expecting to finish uh, on the podium, and being third feels like a, a failed season almost for some fans. So it shows the progression that we. We kind of had over the last the last two two three years, and I think and it's kind of thing that I really want the new coach to keep, and I'm sure he will. And that that's what I really like about Longoria is focusing on the culture, and I talk about culture a lot in in our team chapter, the culture of of the club, the culture of being professional, the the culture of effort, the culture of you know, wanting to represent that club. It hasn't been perfect this year, but definitely, and, and all of us see definitely a huge improvement in the in, in the club culture um, over the last three, four but, um, years compared to the, not, the, the previous squad. Just to add to your point, I mean, uh, we mentioned Gigo, but, but even, you know, in, part, in terms of culture, they're not, not some of the best players, but a Kolasinac, I mean, he's, He's had totally. some good games, but but damn, this guy's mentality, right? And um, totally. three years ago, we had MFV for fact's sake. Like, so I 100% agree with you. Is, is adding more of those that mold of players, that mold of, of mentality yeah. monsters, as Klopp would call them. And I think the great example would be when you see, you know, the one like Gerson, for instance, who didn't respond to to that change in terms of effort and discipline and so on, or, or a Paillet because he won on the bench most of the, most of the year. But then you you like someone like like Under, who was a bit not really making the you effort. You just had like, to bring him up. You were always going to bring him up. No, but isn't it true how he changed... You know, mid-season when there was the World Cup, he came back like a 
like a true warrior on the pitch. He wasn't a warrior before. He was a player that I enjoy watching because he brings something different to the team. But he came back in the second part of the season as as a real fighter because he knew that if he wasn't fighting enough, he wasn't going to play like the first part of the season. And I think that's that's another example to show that the culture is changing in that club. And all I want from the new coach is, is to keep that level of, of discipline, of effort, maybe bring in a bit more you know, tactical uh, um, nuances compared to Tudor and, and so on, maybe a more bit more technical skills. But I just want to keep that, that level of, of, of uh, professionalism and expectation and effort, which I think is is what the club need. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, ahead. yeah. No, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, it sounds the same. Like, I'm just, I, I'm just, uh, I agree with, with also what you guys mostly said on, on, On the, on the last subjects, um, yeah, new coach. I, I'm not gonna do the name dropping because I'm not very good at Come that. Come on, give some name. Come on, I'll give a name as well. Uh, well. No, because I'm gonna give you silly names like Antonetti or I'm gonna troll. <laughs> I'm gonna Jesus. tell you Antonetti or uh, Hervé Renard. <laughs> so don't ask Christ. me to troll. It's not funny. Uh, and so, re real names, yeah, I've heard of some like Marcelino and people like that. And we'll see, you know, like, like um, as. As long as, um, as just like Alex said, as as we keep that thing that 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 I really, it seems like we we, we start to to have to have been earning at at, at this club, like this sort of like this sort of um, a bit like Callum said earlier, uh, which is also like like it's not about uh, uh, being um, like you know pretentious or anything. It's not about running into every game saying oh we are better than than our opponents and. You know they are shit, and we're just gonna walk over them. But it's about respecting yourself, but also respecting your 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 level and your ambitions, and respecting the fact that okay, we want to be a top 20 club, or we want to be part of the elite of football again, and we could be because we have the stadium for that, we have the city for that, we have etc. Then let's respect ourselves at you know let's be at really top, and let's do like they do in top clubs. And I think that that aspect of training etc. In Italy, they clearly, you know, they clearly know that that job, and Tudor just brought that, and I hope it's gonna stay. The thing is, like, bad bad habits can come back very fast because we're in France, uh, and because they have a tendency to come very to, to to come very fast. So I, I, you know, I still hope that I'll get a coach who, who has this sort of same ambition than Tudor, but without the sort of um, you know the sort of uh, lack of um, of creativity or the sort of lack of uh, I would like someone who would be less rigid, though. So I don't know if it's possible to find out. Maybe, maybe you guys uh, know know some some coaches that that, that would fit that um, that uh, that picture better. But basically, a bit like Tudor, but um, but but more um, more creative and less rigid, if 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 that is possible. And the same totally and the agree. same sort of football, like like the sort of of high press, um, high defensive line. Attacking football, I would love to see that again, and you know more direct than possession. Still, you know, I totally, I, to I, to I, I totally agree with all of that. I, I actually personally think that there's a few people who've been named as options already that I feel um, I, I, I'm not particularly excited by. I like the Italian, I like the Italian coach at Fiorentina. I think he's a really good option, uh, depending on what happens on Wednesday night, because if they win on Wednesday night. 
there may be clubs that have got more attractiveness about them at the moment than us that might go for him. Um, I really like the... Um, I, I, someone mentioned it in the group the other day, but I really like the idea of the Morocco coach. I think he's got a real... I mean, obviously, he's never really managed at a top club, but I, I like the way that his teams are set up in a way that are really sort of like disciplined and, and strong nature, but they also have a creative freedom about them. And he obviously works already with a couple of our players, and I think that would be quite interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously, the names that have been mentioned already would be interesting to me, but I, I just feel like we've got to get a coach who kind of can combine um, Tudor's professionalism and, you know, like really professional attitude with also giving the players a bit more creative freedom and, and a bit more, um, you know, freedom of spirit to go and produce things and do things. And, and I actually don't think we should think about who we're going to sell until we've got a coach, because the truth is that, you know, again, Doozy might fit really, really well in a new coach's system. And there might be other players currently in our collective that wouldn't. And I think we've got to make that decision before we decide who goes this summer, even a Pae, if I'm honest. I don't think we should definitely confirm he's going until we know that coach is, because a coach might be able to use him half an hour every week in a really effective way, uh, being the elder statesman he is, in the way that Tudor probably couldn't. And so, yeah, I, I think we've got to, I totally agree with what Julian just said. I think that it's got to be someone who can mix together those two things. It's very hard to find, but there are options out there who, who might fill that role. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll finish off. I mean, uh, yeah, you got, I all agree with you guys, but it's, yeah, I mean, you know, I remember we, we had this chat like a couple of years ago before any of you guys were on the pod and stuff, but it, it felt very repetitive. You know, we had Gasset and AVB and it was like, we want five, we want some discipline, we want some, you know, step up in terms of, of demanding the, more from the players and more investment and more more professionalism and more effort and all that. And we, we've had that now. So I guess that's, we've now set a minimum standard on that front and, and a culture point of view, as you say, Alex, and the mentality you know, hopefully Sanchez stays, but but Gigou and, and Kolasinac and some of those guys, they, they're the stalwarts in a way, you know, they're, they're the sort of like a, a granite shaka has been at Arsenal, he's had a resurgence and he's leaving and stuff, but um, he, he he went for a bad patch, but this year he came out, you know, he was the, the, the silent captain and <clears throat> having those guys that, that know the level of expectations but will sweat their balls off every game even if they're not the best performers is important in the dressing room, but for any manager who comes in because they've played elsewhere and they're not the typical sort of, you know, French players who just think they've made it and, and lazy in training. But um, it's a hard one. We'll see. Um, I, I put my trust in, in Longoria and Ribalta because you have to, right? They've, they've proven two years in a row, despite the the, the setbacks and some of the, the shit. There's been, uh, we, we all acknowledged all season and again tonight, the progress. So that's, they have time. Um, it's happened sooner than it did with Sampoli, but... We've got time. We need it to happen quick because we we, we have the, the Champions League playoff, as we know. Um, I again, uh, Callum, to your point, you know, we talk about selling, but we talked about it last year when we finished on the high, and there were no fucking offers, right? Um, people were saying Jerson 50 million left, right, and centre, and nobody came in for him, and uh, and and Kamara went to Villa and stuff and had a good season. But I mean, yes, we we we. Whatever reason McCourt may want to sell, or we may we may see an opportunity to sell someone. I'd agree with you. Let's wait till the coach comes in. But if we do sell, um, more more than than making up the numbers, if we have to replace again Duzi, then you have to get someone who's who's hungry and who's on the similar trajectory, similar age, and similar mindset. Who's you come in and we're gonna we're gonna give you a chance to try and get close to the French squad. And that that's that's one thing. But um, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm torn. The names are the names, and they're gonna. They're, as last season, you know, we were linked with with every man under the sun, and they pulled Trudeau out of nowhere, and it, it worked, right? I mean, it's not going to last forever. This luck and this this wave of you get lucky. Not only the new coach, but replacing the squad every season, and, and you get lucky with results again and go Champions League. But I'm a bit torn whether I'm not, you know, I'm not saying they would come or they would consider it, but you know. <laughs> Uh, a Mourinho type, for example, on one end of the spectrum, yes, people would be pissed off because it may be boring games, but guess what? He doesn't lose at home. So even if it's boring 1-0 wins, we'd get wins at the Villadorm and Stephanie's. People would love him because he would defend the club. Like He would shit on the referees. He would shit on, on, on everybody in the LFP and stuff. It might be quite productive, as we've all discussed before, but... He, he's probably, maybe it's the, the right no, time for a coach like that. not you, Ben, not you. <laughs> not Mourinho. No, no, I'm giving, I'm giving options. Uh, I'm giving <laughs> options, bro. Um, but but he would, in a way, he would Traitor. be... He would be close to a yellow card there, Ben. Oh, man, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Red, I'll red, take red, it. Man. I'll sit on that. First, it's totally, first, it's totally unrealistic. No, of course Secondly, it is. Secondly, it wouldn't work. <laughs> maybe maybe not but but a type like maybe but what i mean be, forget the name but maybe we try and go for, for someone who's got a bit of a you know reputation about them like that and and that's uh you know again this it's fully speculative but luis enrico a coach like that that's been out of the market for a while like Laurent Blanc was and they've proven themselves elsewhere whatever but it's unrealistic and i don't think Longoyan Ribata personally wants to deal with someone who's got that ego and stuff which is which is fair enough but then it's yes, it's finding, as you guys have said, the balance between the the you know the discipline and, and demanding and professionalism of a Tudor. And you know, for all his faults, Sampaoli's relationship with the players and that, you know, that sort of uh, that being their dad and, and hugging and having banter with Genduzi and that type of stuff. You need you need someone who's a hybrid of both, I think, to, to at least stay on the same trajectory, if not improve. So it's going to be an interesting next few days because we would expect, I mean, Gallardo is another one who, who is apparently a serious, serious contender. I mean, um, I've, I've heard from a source that he's met many times with Longoyanti Balta over the last three months, um, just because they've, they've considered hiring him as a bit of a consultant and stuff. But he, you know, who knows? But we'll, we should hopefully know soon enough. Um, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. And I guess the next time we'll speak to you guys, we'll be... To well, knowing our look, this happened last year when we were we we're doing the mercato and we, we finished a podcast, and then two hours later we signed two players at like 11 p.m. <laughs> um, so I would like to say we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you guys again in the next couple of weeks when we know who the manager is, but for all we know, it's going to be announced tomorrow. Um, we'll see, but guys, thanks for joining again. We'll, we've got um, we'll do I think in a couple of weeks we'll do the, the post mortem of the season as we always do, but at the end of June, before before pre season stuff, we and and Touch words, we'll get Stefan back for this because he he he's he's the awards man, right? We'll do the the, the Marseille View Awards, which is uh, <laughs> one of our favourite things to do every summer, and um, we, he's come up with so many creative names for them and stuff. And and yeah, it's, I think it'll be controversial this year because we all have a bit of a a different opinion on who should be the best player, or who or or what was the best goal, or what was the best moment and stuff. But we'll find out, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining as always. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch soon. Bye.